Welcome to the Exchange on Resident Advisor. This is the Critics Roundtable, a chance for various members of the RA family to share their favorite new music. I'm Naishka, I'm the senior staff writer on the New York team. And with me today are two very esteemed guests. We have Kazim Rashid in Berlin, who joined RA earlier this year as chief brand and creative officer. Welcome to your very first roundtable, Kazim. Hello, Nashka. Can you tell us a little bit about your job and what you do exactly? Sure. So as you said, I'm chief creative and brand officer. And my um, role is overseeing the organization's output. And what that entails is I help oversee teams, um work in regards to sort of everything we publish everything that the world sees so like everything that goes out in the world also content uh commissions partnerships and uh the brand's evolution i also as part of my role oversee some of our commercial operations which in which is in regards to brand partnerships so it's a role that encompasses commercial brand and creative content. Excellent. I'm sure you will be a regular on our podcasts for some time to come. So thank you for that. Um, our next guest needs no introduction. He has been a regular on the roundtable for years. It's none other than the distinguished Andrew Rice in Los Angeles. Welcome back, Andrew. Thank you, Nice. Now, most of our listeners know you as the reviews chief of RA. But you recently got a very snazzy promotion. Do you want to tell us about it? Uh, yeah, so my, my current position now is the music editor. So I oversee most of the curation on the website and what we cover in terms of reviews, uh, mix of the day, RA podcast, and influencing like features and films and stuff. So I kind of have um, a more holistic approach to the company now. Excellent. So we're going to get straight into our selections. So for today, I asked each of you to um, think about your favorite album of the year so far, um, as well as an artist or a platform that you're currently excited about, and as well a music moment from this year that you would like to reflect on. So let's start with your favorite album from the past three months. Kazim, what's yours? I've picked uh, Gold by Alabaster, The Plume. What about it do you like so much? Um, I came across Alabaster, The Plume's music. I've not been with it for an extremely long time. I know he's been a bit of a stalwart in the scene for, for like many years and he's been putting out music for quite some time. It came across my desk like a year or two ago and I was instantly, um, with him, I was instantly captivated and did sort of makes this like quite gentle jazz the kind of the kind of music that is uh like beautiful to listen to and sort of like is influenced by like field recordings and soundscapes so it's kind of chill actually historically the music it's really beautiful it's really delicate it's quite chill but then i came across some of the more recent stuff and perhaps he'd done this forever but it was new to me where he'd started to introduce his voice and it's just so sick he's from manchester which is like great i'm also from there it's 
as a matter of coincidence rather than of nepotism it's somewhere between like spoken word poetry and singing it's it's really 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 idiosyncratic there's like very few things i've heard where the vocal performance is like quite as interesting as his and especially over like music as delicate as his you know often you hear people perform in the way that he does is in like and it's just not in this space but his music is so delicate and so beautiful and he has this like vocal performance his poetry and draw which is just like really really good by like listening to people who perform in his way i what i really enjoyed about this album is that it has a really powerful cast of collaborators um you know you have a lot of london's jazz giants on there sorathy corwar is on there tom skinner from sons of commit um yeah and what you said about the spoken word or his poetry rather it's um it really holds the whole album together, right? Because you have a lot of expansive, you know, cosmic jazz melodies and as well as, you know, crazy eccentric electronics. So it's, um, yeah, the vocals really are the highlight of this. Um, thank you for the recommendation. Favorite album from the past three months? Uh, I chose Terence Dixon's most recent album, Other Dimensions. Uh, Terence Dixon is kind of an interesting character. He's not as renowned as the other Detroit techno guys. He's been around for a long time. I find that he really uh, speaks beautifully with the most like reduced, minimal techno palettes, kind of like Robert Hood, but a little more atmospheric. Um, I always think a new Terence Dixon album is interesting because how do you approach it? I mean, a lot of them have a very similar style. Uh, so it's kind of like a matter of what is interesting about this one as opposed to the other ones. Uh, and what is interesting about this one is it's the first half is like a really, really good atmospheric techno. And then the second half is just like dark ambient. It reminds me a lot of Les Mord or, or um, even some like some bits like Coil. Um, it's extremely reduced, extremely dark. It just sounds like it sounds like a void. And I thought it, it was kind of gutsy for a big techno producer to make music on a techno album that is that like nothingness. Uh, and I'm, I'm really attracted to that when artists can just use tones that kind of create like a negative space or negative atmosphere. Um, it's more like listening to a room than listening to music. Uh, and that and that paired with like some of his most unique and interesting rhythms. Like there's one track on there, I think it's the second track where everything sounds like it's moving at a different speed. And that would usually sound like a mess in most producers hands, but he just does it so well. Uh, and then to have that followed by, yeah, what sounds like listening to like the ambience of a tunnel is really interesting. And I just, I found it captivating. I, I kept coming back to it over and over and over again, even though it's probably one of like the most unforgiving and unapproachable albums I've listened to this year. But it's, yeah, it's really addictive. <laughs> Unapproachable and unforgiving. <laughs> um, I know you reviewed this record, Andrew, and in it you describe really well like, 
just how powerful this feeling of nothingness, as you say, there's one line in there that kind of sums it all up in your review. It's, you say, it's the kind of music you might imagine aliens or people several hundred years from now listening to. Supremely abstract, stripped back and made mostly of bleeps and bloops. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like so, techno reduced to its most elemental uh, idea, you know. Definitely um, one from the Detroit legend to get into if you haven't already. My pick is um, actually an artist that I found out through Nicola Cruz's recent RA mix that he did. And this is an artist in Rio de Janeiro called Marcela Diaz Sindaco. And so Marcela has made an EP of very buttery, smooth electro. The EP is called Rio de Janeiro 3025. And um, it's out on the American label Fixed Rhythms. So it's, I mean, this EP is all electro, but what I like about it is that she draws from a really wide range of influences. There's some funk in there. There's also like elements of futuristic techno. Um, it's all very atmospheric as well. And, you know, she, uh, Marcela sings in Portuguese. So her vocals kind of add like a house, housey touch. Um, there's also a lot of acid in there, some jazz, even some pop elements. Um, Marcella is um, apparently a trained piano and cellist. And so I also feel like her compositions kind of have that structure of classical music. So that might be, you know, her training coming through. It's, um, it's just always intriguing for me when I see like traditional musicians or, you know, analog musicians embrace hardware because they tend to come about it with a really different mentality. So. Yeah, Masala Diaz Mbako came out um, last in March, I believe. Let's talk about um, an artist or a label or a collective that you guys have been focusing on. Um, you know, this can be this can be a new name, someone or something you just discovered, or you know, someone established that's doing someone something innovative. Andrew, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, my, uh, my pick is someone who uh, I've been listening to for a few years, but they're really doing a lot of stuff now and. Uh, have been inescapable coming in and out of LA and playing seemingly every weekend or every other weekend, which is impressive for someone who doesn't actually live here. Uh, but I, I chose Nikki Nair, who is an Atlanta-based producer originally from uh, Tennessee. Um, his stuff, uh, the first thing that grabbed me a few years ago was it was a drum and bass. And since then he's done like electro, kind of like early LA beat scene style stuff on the Dirty Bird White Label series, a lot of footworky, up-tempo, drum and bass jungle stuff. Um, and he kind of is, emblematic of this like new movement especially with younger people in america of making like like really heavy intense fast rave rave music but it's also like fun and lighthearted. it's not like punishing techno vibes um and i just think that the way that he puts together music and genres is really interesting uh it doesn't feel like he's coming from 
like a West Coast festival scene background where people approach dubstep and drum and bass in a very certain way. Doesn't seem like he's coming from a footwear background or a drum and bass background. He's just someone who takes in all these things and sticks them back out in a way that is really, really interesting. Um, he has his own label now. He's putting out music constantly. Um, I think he's, you know, he's not, he's going to be, you're going to be hearing his name a lot probably. Um, and I'm always excited to get a new record from him. Um, the most recent one, uh, which is called, one second. <laughs> It's the, um, I believe it's it's the new EP on Dirty Bird. Yes. Oh, but I, I was, okay, that track is uh, just fantastic. Like, I remember my reviewer described it as like a rave roller coaster, like just so many elements, but the pacing is incredible. Uh, yeah, he's just, I, I, get, I get a feeling of excitement for his music and like, it feels like he's young and excited about the music and that's it's really, a really infectious feeling. Uh, yeah, so he's one of my favorite artists right now. <laughs> his productions pack so much heat and like honestly it's like the man does not take a day off because he's constantly announcing things all the time yeah. which makes you know our job as music journalists very hard <laughs> he's also one of those interesting artists that you know you can categorize him as a junglist or as a techno artist because he's you know he's bouncing back and forth between all of these drum heavy genres Azim, what's an artist or a label or a group that you're into these days and why? Um, this was a hard pick. I did on uh, the label slash like collective, I guess, PPU. And I have had like a long, you know, they're not new, they've been around for some time and I've sort of been getting their records for some time as well. But I got suggested, recommended this uh, record album by Dwight Sykes on PPU um, about like a year ago or something and just like could not stop listening to it the record it was it was like so the most me record ever it was like made sounded so like rough and lo-fi and then it was like somewhere between like house and soul and it was like full of vocals it was just quintessentially music that i i'm obsessed with and then i just like ended up on this insane like ppu hole and just like haven't couldn't stop listening to like ppu records for about six months after i think i've like only just come out of it um, and I've had a long relationship with the label as well. And I was sort of like one of those scenarios where I just like didn't put all the dots together that they put out so many of the records that I love. And it was such a pleasant experience to like look at the discography as a discography rather than like individual records that I like or have been recommended. Um, and I, I really adore and love when uh, labels or sort of creative institutions have a really distinct, considered and focused palette and output, like whatever it is that they're doing. And I think PPU is a great example of, of, of that, you know, like just such a, a focused approach to what they're interested in and what they're like contributing. Um, and I love it. I really, really dig it.
For anyone who isn't familiar with PPU, it stands for People's Potential Unlimited, and they are primarily an archive label out of Washington, D.C., and they tend to focus a lot on, you know, this kind of boogie, rare 80s, 90s, boogie sound, you know, raw machine music. Um, for anyone who isn't familiar with it, where is a good record they should start on, Kazim? Like, should they be listening to Dwight What's a good introduction? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, it's, a, it's a great introduction. I think you're right. You know, it's like primarily the record label that is interested in all music, but they do have a lot of good new stuff as well. I would dig Dwight's record, the second one, not the first one. In my opinion, it's just like the perfect balance of of like sounds. Like it treads its line between like house, boogie, disco, rare group, but it's like made in this quite analog way. Um, it's wicked. I also really love that the name PPU, I looked this up guys, so it's a brand of men's underwear and it's also the name of an ammunition manufacturer. So that's strange little details behind a label that's been around for quite a while, like they've been around, yeah, for a number of years now. Um, my mind appears to be in South America these days because most of my picks tend are coming from that region. Um, today, I want to talk about a label that I've been um, listening to for yeah a couple of weeks now. It's called Tra Tra Tracks. It's kind of newish. It was launched in 2020, but it's um, it's essentially a sub label by Insurgentes, which is based in Colombia. And uh, Tra Tra Tracks, what I like about it, it's come to occupy like this very sweet spot of techno, reggaeton, barrio, various styles of like Latin percussion and some like crazy industrial, you know, experimental electronics. Um, the most recent release they have is a collaborative EP by two Ecuadorian artists, um, Pussy and Entrañas. And what's cool about this EP is that it has remixes from a Guam artist in South Africa called Menzi, and as well as Lechuga Saviro, who's based in Uruguay. And yeah, what's it? What's I, this EP really blew my mind because you're hearing Guam on top of reggaeton and like droney dance hall and like futuristic dystopian electronics. It's um, yeah, it makes you realize that how connective and intertwined these genres are they may not sound like they have anything in common when you listen to them separately but yeah hearing Gomes kind of the snares and the synths on top of like Dembao it it makes sense you know so yeah definitely a fun playful label to watch going forward Here we are already at our last topic of discussion. So it's, you know, we're, we're not even halfway through the year, but I think there's been a lot of interesting music news that's come out both in the tech world as well as, you know, general industry dynamics. So I wanted to ask you guys about 
yeah, a particular moment, maybe a particular piece of news, um, anything that, you know, anything in our world that made an impact on you or made you kind of think deeper about the business that we're in. Um, I'll go first. Um, I wanted to take a moment to commemorate the life of DJ K. Slay, who is a really well-known figure in um, New York's hip hop scene. And he unfortunately died from COVID in mid-April. So for anyone unfamiliar with K. Slay, he was, um, he did many things. I mean, he was like a radio presenter. He was a rapper. He was a DJ. And he was known for his disc mixtapes, which I really enjoyed growing up. Um, I first got to know him about watching a documentary called Style Wars, which is just like absolute hip hop classic, came out in the 80s. And um, K-Slay also, you know, he's one of those low key figures in the music world that I feel didn't, wasn't always recognized, unfortunately, when he, he was alive. So it's nice to remember his impact now. He played a really big role in um, the early careers of MCs like Dipset and Kendrick Lamar. You know, he put them on his mixtapes, he gave them radio play. So he opened a lot of doors for people. And so just wanted to make sure he's given the respect that he's due. Um, Andrew, what's your, what's your music moment of the year so far? The news of uh, DDS1's new I guess app slash system called A Slice, where the idea is that you can record what DJs are then donate um, money to the artists who you, whose music you're playing as a way to get producers paid. And while I'm not sure that this model is the correct one, I'm not endorsing it. It kind of um, just you know made it clear to me that right now we're really thinking about how to get DJs and artists paid in a more equitable manner. Um, and especially after the pandemic, when so many people couldn't get work, um, obviously getting paid is very important. Uh, and so, you know, there's, there are so many different people and groups trying to trying to use technology to get people paid, whether that's the, the A-Slice thing. Apple Music has, is, has DJ mixes now. And that's interesting because it's not just a matter of um, getting the getting the rights to the tracks and getting the producers paid, but the, the DJ also gets paid a fee for having their, their mix uh, streamed on app music. So that's, that's a, probably the best model for, for DJ mixes I've seen so far. Um, and then again, I'm not like, a, I'm not necessarily endorsing anything I'm talking about. There's a lot of uh, interesting blockchain technology. Um, there's catalog, which is a way to release music and publish rights on a blockchain uh, to avoid the major label industry system. There's a platform called Audius, which is trying to be like a open source uh, on-chain Spotify streaming platform. Um, so it, it's really inspiring to see so many people trying so many things to, to get people paid, because obviously it's not easy to make a living as an artist, especially now, it's harder than ever. Uh, and the music industry is extremely exploitative right now. Um, and so, yeah, it feels like even people who are just like, who you just think of as a DJ, or you know, not involved in business or tech are really trying to make conditions better. And obviously there are going to be people who are taking advantage of it. They're going to be scammers. There are going to be, there's going to be failures, but it's really inspiring to see so, so many people trying to you know, address this issue. Both Catalog and Audius are part of the Web3 world, right? Yes, yes, they're both on the blockchain. Have you been hearing other, other apart from these two startups, are there some other notable blockchain platforms that are trying to, you know, help resolve this issue? Because there's so much happening in Web3 all over. I feel like it's a lot for people to just 
keep track of if they're not you know yeah hardcore in that world already there there's there's no, nothing else i would name by name right now because everything is in its infancy but um yeah i mean there's just there are so many things so it's like you know i get like i said not everything is going to work there's going to be a lot of failures people are, are right to be skeptical of web3 because it's all it's new and unregulated and so you know we have to see how things how things uh, shape up but I, there is potential there for a more equitable world of releasing music i guess the other one would be mm. nina which is another platform for releasing music and um they're off to a slow start but it's promising and it seems like their hearts are in the right place so yeah definitely yeah all these names to keep track of and just see how they do and how popular they get um because what about you what's what's been uh what's been impacting you past few months yeah sort of i guess very personally and i guess everyone's timeline is different but i'm based in berlin and uh, it feels like only very recently has uh, live music and performance sort of like really fully opened up again there was like some flashes of stuff last year i think clubs opened for a bit and like some gigs started for like very short times but yeah it feels like the last quarter or so berlin has properly opened back up and people are touring again because they because it's not so fragile the touring circuit so like shows are back in town and so i think like from a from a macro perspective just like the premise of like shows happening again and like being able to catch stuff every week is is really like a big thing for me and uh luckily i managed to see some like really good stuff i've been not that i've forgotten but i've been like further reminded of the sort of value and the importance and the sacredness of uh, like performance live performance collective enjoyment of that performance and just being able to see lots of stuff and it being you know something that works within this field like being able to like have a better sense of like the, the like quality of stuff so i've been really taking my time to like catch as much stuff as possible and i've been like really inspired by lots of stuff i've been seeing tell us about some of the shows you've been seeing what's been a highlight i managed to catch uh mickey banco's tour got this new show which is sort of like part performance part club show part cabaret part theater it's interesting medium and format and mickey banco obviously is like sensational performer and actually like a really underrated uh catalog i actually think mickey banco was like a little bit too soon for the world you know like at the time when they came out the world just wasn't quite ready for how revolutionary the idea and the presence of Mickey Blanco is and and still was and still is seeing this show was a great reminder of Mickey's like quite singular and uh, quite special talent public speakers where was the show held oh the show i actually saw it twice i saw it in london and i saw it in berlin <laughs> um to be greedy it was just that it was that good i had to see it twice and it was like great both times actually um and uh, i would recommend it to anyone that manages to be able to see it i also saw some i also saw the new jeremy o harris play daddy in london which was sort of like i guess in the theater space but it had this like really you know like sort of treads that line to like theater and music so they were the two like big standouts for me that i managed to catch recently and really jump out it's like quite phenomenal well we're going to have to keep a lookout for the soundtrack of that play daddy let us know when it's out maybe something for a review andrew 
thanks to both of you for sharing your selections today. Um, we had some really um, strong picks in here. There will be links on the RA site and in the description of this podcast if anyone wants to dive further into the picks that we chatted about. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Andrew and Kazim for being here. Catch everyone on the flip side. <laughs>